Hey guys, welcome back to a Slice of Empathy podcast. My name is Valerie, and I will be your host for these next several episodes until we start interviewing folks. So, you know, you may or may not have listened to the bonus episode that I had come out, which was all about sexuality, as far as my own personal experiences and bisexuality and debunking myths and common misconceptions. But today we are here to talk about the next few years of my life. And I think with this episode, I am going to focus on my years between being, I think, around 15, 16, up until about 18 or 19. We'll see how it goes, if it's going to be a long one or not. But, okay, without further ado. So in this episode, we are going to focus on my relationship and how it was a huge change and a big precursor to basically the rest of my life up until now. Um, But before that, I wanted to talk about, because this was something that was on my heart, just before that, um, as I mentioned, there was a lot of things I neglected to mention in the last episode, the to the degree of abuse and trauma that I had experienced when I was younger. Um, at home and, and in school. And some of it growing up, especially at home, is very traumatic. And I didn't I I I know that can be incredibly triggering for a lot of our listeners, self included. I I'm a I'm a very forward thinking person as far as thinking into the future and not thinking about the past. And I didn't really want to reopen a lot of old wounds, but I felt very emotionally neglected and like my voice wasn't really heard when I was younger. Um, I think, so I have an older brother and he was, for lack of a better word, like the squeaky wheel. Like he got most of the attention. It's funny because a lot of people will argue. He will argue completely different than me for sure. Like he will argue completely different than me. He will argue that he got abuse worse than I did. And there are so many different components and layers to abuse, emotional, physical, somewhere in between. I got both. Um, And sometimes I didn't even know why. Actually, this is one thing that has been on my heart. I ha- I was listening to to another podcast actually, and it was about how a family took Christmas away from their kids, and the host, I think it was a Dad Challenge podcast actually, and a family had taken Christmas away from their kids. I don't even remember why. It was I, it, the punishment didn't fit the crime. And that happened to us once. Um, I don't even remember why. I, I don't know if it was me and my brother arguing or bickering over something. Because my brother, liked, he liked to pick on me. I was a quiet, I was a quiet kid. And unfortunately, that led to a lot of being kind of taken advantage of, feeling stuck in silence about things that were bothering me. But I don't know. Like, there, there were many incidences where we both got hit um, because, you know, we were bickering as siblings do. I felt like a lot of it he had um, started. My mom even told me when <laughs> when I was a baby, he would literally walk up and grab a book out of my hand. 
<laughs> and so that unfortunately some some of that still continues on to, to this day we're in our 30s now but a lot of things like that just a lot of antagonistic type things he had ADHD he'd always antagonize me I was a younger sibling pick on me and but you know negative or positive he got the most attention negative and positive both and that could be a good and a bad thing um he just got all a lot of the attention and my brother will say that he thinks he was abused more than I was um and of course I will argue that it was the same and I don't think even trauma should be compared like compared everyone has their own unique experiences that are inherently valid um so that's not what I'm here to say or do but I do want to speak from my own experience how I felt growing up and feeling like I was silent I think you know seeing him physically abused had made me silent partially um and also I felt like I got punished for things that I didn't do because you know he, if he let he do he would do something as I said to antagonize me and then I get upset and then we both were disciplined um in various ways and one year Christmas had been our Christmas presents I think were donated or something like that and I to this day don't remember the why and the only thing I can think of is maybe I don't know something about appreciation or if we're arguing about something it was some sort of punishment and I remember talking about it to my seventh grade teacher and he said something similar had happened to him where all his presents were taken away and so when I was listening to that podcast, I'm like, I, that, I, I understand that. And, and some things are just age appropriate. And kids, they just, rem, you know, they may, they may not even remember, especially if the punishment doesn't fit the crime. Now, there are some things where, like, you know, you know, <laughs> if you go to murder somebody, you know, if there, there are some things there is no coming back from, of course, I'm sure. But trivial things I don't know like that you shouldn't take Christmas away from your kids because it's the like the hurt and that remains but you don't even know why you know I mean because I feel like if it was if there was a big deal if it was something that was a major deal like I don't know if you're in if you were a juvie or something like that then yeah like <laughs> but my grandmother would always say that my brother and I compared to her own kids you know you guys are such good kids and you know and that we didn't deserve a lot of way we were treated and stuff like that and um yeah so I don't know I I just I can't even remember the why um I I wish I did I'm afraid to ask as well maybe I but maybe I should I don't know but yeah, so I had, and I think I mentioned, yeah, in my previous uh, episode that I did have an issue with like petty theft as a kid. And yeah, um, and you know how that resulted in a tenuous relationship with my aunt. But, you know, I, around middle school, high school, had just made a resolution to just better myself inherently. I wanted to be a better person and it helped having people in my life 
who saw good in me and helped me continue that path. Because it could have been so much different for me. Like I, my, I could have gotten into drugs. Like I, I could have, things just could have been so much different. So I'm really, ever, I'm just so thankful for having those guiding lights in my life. And um, yeah, so I, that's, so there was a point in time um, where I stopped talking to my mom for six months. We didn't talk for six months. And she was still kind of going through her own stuff relationship-wise. Also, you know, with drugs and things like that. Um, as I said, she lived two and a half hours away from where I lived with my dad and my brother. And being the only girl in a house of guys, that was a, came with its own challenges. But I remember my uh, feeling like I had to walk on eggshells and... My mom, I think my mom wanted to borrow like my Charmed DVDs, something like that. And I remember saying no about it. I remember saying no. And she got, I think, just like upset. Not like, like angry, but like she was a very, it was always, still is to some extent, an emotional person. And not, emo yeah, and, and like she's like, that's something she's even still working on now. But she was not emotionally mature. Both my parents were emotionally mature and heads up go read the book by go read the book it's called um children of emotionally immature parents adult children of emotionally immature parents how to heal from distant rejecting or self-involved parents um it's been life-changing for me it's something that i actually downloaded and was reading on i think my my kindle um so very um life-changing but at the time, I didn't know any of this. <laughs> and I was a kid. I was, 15, I think, about 15 and a half or so. And we didn't talk for six months. And I just felt like in order for me to mature and deal with myself, I needed to have that time to myself. I just couldn't deal with it. I couldn't deal with having a parent or parents who were emotionally immature, especially in that way. Um, I mean, as I said, actually, I had a therapist who said that, like, boundaries don't exist in your family. They don't, and I'll, I'll get into that shortly, but I had a therapist who said that. Um, and so, as I mentioned in my last episode, that lead, led me to not being able to say no to anybody, um, not being able to defend myself, stick up for myself. So we didn't talk for six months. I think at the time, she didn't really know why. She just knew that I needed time. We just needed time apart. And later, I think slowly, we started talking again. But I think during that time, I needed to deal with what I was dealing with. And I remember actually later on in my life seeing someone who, with their child, going through something similar. And I had to tell them, like, you know, sometimes you just, you just have to give, the, give them time, you know, for whatever reason. Um, again, my parents had a very tenuous relationship at this point, always talking about each other. That was <laughs> up until this day, you know, trashing each other. And it's just, it was a lot of mental headache. <laughs> it's so much like yes so I'm here to say PSA don't trash talk the other parent for one it makes you look stupid you know you chose to have a child with them it makes you look dumb and two it's just your kid shouldn't it's not your kid's responsibility you know to <laughs> to be the bearing of that because inadvertently you are telling them that there's something wrong with themselves because they are part of both of you and by trashing the other parent you're really you're trashing that 
part of them too. So it just can do so much psychological damage on your kid. So yes, don't do that. Okay. <laughs> and in between that, they had many, many court thingies going on. Okay. So how I met my husband. So my first job was at a grocery store and where my brother worked. And he, had, I don't know, for whatever reason, wanted to push me to work there. He's like, no, you should work there. You should work there. Um, I, I really wasn't interested. I mean, I think I was like 16, 16 and a half. And so I'm like, okay, well, you know, all right. Kind of like, okay, I just want something like super part-time, you know, something just like low-key. And again, I had like so much like social anxiety. Like it was insane. Um, as I said, I already had a hard childhood, socially anxious, um, stuff like that. But it actually kind of helped me kind of get out of my shell, kind of. I mean, I still struggle with anxiety. I still do. It's not something that entirely goes away. But I can say that it does get better with practice, especially working with the public. Like nothing, nothing will <laughs> challenge your social skills like working with the public, right? So I went to, uh, I got... I went on an interview and I got hired pretty quickly at this job. I was like, oh, you know, I was told to like, you know, oh, you know, to prepare for the interview. And it was pretty simple. I, I was given, you know, I bought some interview clothes, all that pretty simple, got hired right away. And I think it was around the holiday season. So I was actually working 40 hours during my off time from school. Uh, Cause legally you can do that when you're out of school, you can work regular, eight hour, 40, 40 hour a week shifts. So I did that and I actually discovered I liked it. Met some cool people. Um, yeah, that really kind of got me out of my shell and positive, that was a positive. And about a few months later, I think I just, I, I think I just happened to be talking to one of the cashiers, also known as checkers. It was my husband, okay, <laughs> later, okay. But I was um, just casually, we were just talking. And um, I think one day he just, uh, it was common for coworkers to go and eat lunch together. Go out, hang out, have lunch together. And I found out he had lunch with another coworker. But again, I was like so in my shell, like I was literally afraid, like, you know, because he's like, oh yeah, you know, you want to go like such and such place and like grab some lunch because we, you know, our lunch hours overlapped. And so that's like coworkers do, you like go, go, go chill, hang out during lunch, right? So I know another girl who, who's like, and just like happened to have lunch with, he's like, oh yeah, you know, it's chill. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, fine. Because he happened to ask, hey, you want to go like grab some lunch in such and such place? So, yeah, sure. Um, had lunch, it was cool. Like he was chill. I just, I just remember we just happened to be talking and he just asked me to go and, you know, we just went somewhere and had lunch. And I remember I'm like, Oh my God, because being told all my life, like to like, <laughs> especially like when my mom was just like, made me feel <laughs> like, oh, if I leave my house, I'm going to go and get raped or something, you know, <laughs> or go and get art. But I'm like, oh my God, like I was so nervous. Like, what if this guy does something to me? Like, oh my God, like, you know, not that like he gave, gave off that impression, but just in general, like this is someone who's not within my immediate family. This is so scary. I had such severe anxiety, like it was, it was crazy. And so I took a chance on it and you know, he had this old 1976 Camaro, which was fun. And he, he liked his speed, <laughs> kind of sped through life. The place was like right around the corner from where we worked, right? He liked his speed. And so we, 
had lunch together and the rest was history. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> a lot more of that. But yeah, we just we just had lunch together, just like casually, just like as friends, just talked about work, whatever. Usual stuff. And um, yeah, and, and I'm like, oh wow, that wasn't so bad. Like I was just like, oh my god. You know, like I was so afraid and and so then uh I think we just you know, whenever our lunches overlapped it we did it more and more times and we would hang out together as friends. I think we would go and check out comic shops, go and try different food places. You know, we were friends for a good few months, actually. Um, and I remember, because I didn't drive at the time, I had asked to be dropped off to work early sometimes. Or I asked him to pick me up after school. Because I was a latchkey kid, you know, this was like the early 2000s. And I would usually walk home and, you know, for the first few years of high school, I'd hang out with my friends and... You know, I'd go to school at like 7 a.m. and sometimes I wouldn't be back to like 5 or 6 p.m., right? And that's because a lot of times I'd go to the library, uh, like go do homework, walk around. So like, parents didn't really know what was up, right? But we're, I was just like, like, hey, yeah, I need to go to work at this time. Drop me off. And then we'd meet up at like where we worked and, and or he'd meet, like he'd pick, pick me up from school. And now I want to start off with full disclosure that this happened 17 years ago. And yes, I was 16 going on 17 and he was 22. And we got a lot of flack from that. Um, lots of flack. Um, of course, I will complete, be completely transparent and say that when we were dating, we were completely abstinent until I was 18. Because, yes, in the state of California, age of consent is 18. I know in other states it is 16. I think in some states, I think it's like uh, it was like Hawaii, it's like 14. But yes, that was one thing that was super important because I know he even said, he's like, yeah, like he didn't, before we even started dating, he's like, he thought there was, there was another girl he thought he was cute, but he's like, she's not 18, so can't ask her out. Um, but like we had just started to just authentically develop a relationship, you know, just really enjoy our time together. And I never thought that would happen because, dude, I wasn't even looking for a relationship. Didn't want to be with a guy. But we just really connected. Um, we both loved anime. And I think that's, you know, our, like, it was like an instant connection for us. And it was someone that didn't make fun of me for <laughs> liking what I liked. But also... I realize now that having come from a traumatic background and still dealing with a lot of emotional baggage, I could have been taken advantage of by somebody because of that, because didn't, you know, have, a, you know, of course I was still young, didn't, naive, of course, um, learned to accept very little from people, um, didn't have a lot of self-worth. I could have easily been taken advantage of um, and hurt mentally or physically from someone older than me. But thankfully, he, he really wasn't like that at all. In fact, he actually didn't have any relationship experience either. And he was uh, living with his mom and stepdad at the time. And because I know there's a lot of discussion around grooming, uh, which I will still say I that definitely did not happen. 
because again, he did not have any relationship experience either. He actually had his own trauma um, that happened not too terribly long before we met um, and much more that I learned later. And I'll get to that in later episodes. But I remember when we first met, one of the first things, I, I don't know, you know, because, you know, you usually talk, you talk about normal things like your family, right? And he said his dad had passed away when he was 16 um, from brain cancer. And I was really shocked by that, you know. It was, um, I mean, especially, you know, someone who's young, you know, you're one of your parents to pass away so devastatingly like that. Um, yeah, so neither of us really knew what a relationship looked like, right? So um, I remember feeling a little bit jealous because he would say that there was this other girl that he thought was cute too, in addition to me. But like, he wouldn't ask her out because she was underage. So we were, you know, we, my husband and I, we were friends for a few months before officially we started dating. And I remember I just, you know, was physically and emotionally attracted to him. And honestly, I hadn't ex expected that. Um, and I remember just feeling those butterflies and the, the first love and just like, it's, it's, a, it's a feeling that you never forget. And I, and I know that I'm never going to have feelings like this for anybody else because it's just like, you know, falling in love with your first, you know, and hopefully last. Um, you know, it's just a something that, you know, you never <laughs> can quite replicate. But I just somehow knew he was the one. And I think we both knew that we liked each other. You know, he would kind of do this thing when we're in the car together where he would kind of like pat my leg. And I'm like, this doesn't seem like, you know, platonic, you know, pat my leg or we'd hug when we'd parted, um, when we're spending time together. And just the overall excitement to see him again. Um, I remember eventually got found out, um, because it was one day in particular where he was parked kind of across the street from my house and not probably didn't go about it the best way, but he was parked across the street from my house. And I remember my dad saying, he's like, who's that guy outside? I'm like, oh, you know, my, you know, he's my coworker. And he's like, your coworker is a guy. And I'm like, yeah. So why don't you have him come in? So, I, <laughs> so like we were having like, you know, just, it kind of started off in secret, probably not like the best, right? I remember one day I had resolved to tell him how I felt because I got the impression that he felt the same. But you know, for obvious reasons, I didn't want to make the like the first move. But I was afraid that maybe he was going to ask someone else out and I'd lose my chance. So I'm like, I'm just going to say it. So I asked him to meet me outside on a break one day. And I'm like, I, uh, I like spending time with you and I, I like you as more than just a friend. And he admitted did that hand padding thing on my leg where he admitted the same that he felt the same way um and that that was a moment i will never forget so as this relationship progressed see like we both had, didn't have any relationship experience i was still dealing with trauma at home i became it kind of became somewhat of a codependent relationship at the time i wanted to see him more and more 
And it got to the point where, like, we were inseparable. I could, couldn't even, like, imagine a day without him. And I remember one time he got annoyed with me. And I was just, like, heartbroken and devastated. Because I just thought that was the end of things. And I went to my family event and they're like, oh, my God, like, why do you have such a long face? And But I was, so I was like, simultaneously hurt and also angry that I allowed him to make me feel that way. And I just remember writing him this email because we'd also communicate by email and by text message. At the time, I think when I started working, I had a GoPhone. You guys remember GoPhones? And then I had like, I ended up getting my own phone line and we would text all the time. But prior to that, we were like emailing. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm really sorry that I irritated you. And on hindsight, like, I'm like, you know, I didn't even really feel like I had to be sorry. I don't know. But, um, and we were just texting all the time to the point where his parents got mad <laughs> that they, he was driving up their phone bill. And so he got his own plan. And um, I think later on, in, like when we became official, like I think we got a plan together, something like that. I think I was on a plan with my mom because I'd gotten a regular phone. Um, and then we got on a plan together. But yeah, we spent so much time together and I will admit my grades did kind of go down because we spent so much time together. And before that though, I, <laughs> my husband's parents, um, his mom wanted to like have, she made like <laughs> a real big, a real like big deal about, oh, you know, I'm the, like, you're dating my son, like, you know, I want to see what your intentions are. And so I remember him, <laughs> or his, my husband's mom and his stepdad took us out to dinner or lunch together. Basically, it was just like kind of intimidating, was like, so like, yeah, what are your intentions with my son? Like, what do you, why are you, like, what? <laughs> Not in like a mean way or anything, but just like kind of like, yeah, so like, why are you dating my son? And like, his stepdad at the time, which I, I get to more of that later was like didn't clearly did not want to be there he felt like he's like didn't think that there was much point us having like this sit down why do you why what are your intentions with my son type thing you know that that you know the dad dating the, the the 10 rules for dating my daughter that kind of seemed to was kind of similar for like a mom and son if that makes sense right because he my husband was her only son. He also had, uh, has a half brother from his late dad who passed away. But his mom, like she was his only son or only child. And, uh, but his stepdad was like, yeah, you know, I really don't want to be here. Yeah, you know, do you really need to ask her that? You know, <laughs> so it was really a little bit awkward. And then we spent so much time together. That I think like I had actually got, had to take summer school because I think I got like a D or a D minus in some class. <laughs> And I will admit that's because like I would show up to each and every study session. But, you know, I hate group projects. If you're an introvert, you know, solidarity. Group projects suck ass, okay? <laughs> so I would show up every day, every day to that group project. They wouldn't give me anything to do, literally. I was there every day. And so at the end of the group project, they, the girls, I guess, told the teacher that I didn't do anything. So I feel like, honestly, I was kind of set up to fail, right? So because of that, this group project was a huge part of the grade. I had gotten like a D or D minus or something in the class. So I had to take summer school. And dad was really pissed off and I had to re he, he demanded, I think he contacted the teacher and was one of those parents like he demanded me to like, 
you know, for to, I guess, to change my grade. Um, so I took, so the deal was that I would take summer school, but I think they eventually decided that they gave me a solo project. Now, if I, I, if I was able to make up the solo project on my own, then they would just change my grade. So instead of actually doing the full summer school, um, I just did the solo project and completed that. And I think I got my grade up to like a B or B plus or something. Um, so I did fix my grade, but yeah, group projects can suck ass, especially in high school or earlier on than that. Um, but yeah, so my, my dad wasn't happy with me because of that, but also said like, maybe I don't know, threatened to have me not work as much or something. During this point in time, as we got more and more serious, I remember staying over um, one time. And then I think, so my husband's parents complained about him never having any money because we, we ate out a lot. We got went out all the time around work and school, spent the rest of our time together. And I will say, the, my husband was the first person to say that he, he loved me. Um, I remember receiving that in text messaging class. This was back in the early 2000s. Things are different then. Don't come at me. <laughs> but I, I think it was in class. And it's funny. I used to be like such a goody two-shoes in class. And like I was almost like a rebel, like checking my phone and things like that. And <laughs> at this point in time. Um, and yeah, he had said he, he loved me. And we, our relationship became more and more serious. And I remember him telling his grandparents who he saw I think every weekend like for, for brunch or breakfast and I think I met them when I came over with him for one of those times because they wanted to meet me and um, initially they were a bit skeptical because I was the same age as his younger brother so they knew I was like a little bit underage um, but you know they, they're also they came from a different generation so it wasn't like ridiculously shocking my parents as well weren't overly shocked because I think my mom was dating my dad when she was 17 and he's four years older. So it wasn't really that surprising. Same thing for my grandmother, like, you know, grandfather is four years older. So none of this was shocking to anybody. Um, and especially since like we made a commitment to, you know, abstain from sex until I was 18. So we were dating for a year and a half before we had sex. <laughs> so, and there's no point in me lying to you about this because this was 17 years ago. I'm not, I wouldn't gain anything from lying to you about that. Um, and I know it was weird. A lot of people, of course, didn't believe it. My mom would tell her friends like, yeah, no, yeah, right. They're totally having sex, right? But no, we really, we really weren't. Um, because, you know, I respected my husband. I didn't want him to get in trouble. Like, yeah, so... We were serious about that, like, so, yeah, there wasn't anything like that until I was 18. We had, we kind of emotionally became codependent because my husband still had a lot of unresolved trauma around his dad's death by the time we met, I think. So he was 22, so his dad died when he was 16, so he, and he hadn't gotten any therapy or anything like that, and I was still in the midst of dealing with a lot of trauma at home and whatnot. So, and I feel so bad because, and I, I recognize a lot of this now. I, and I tell him like, you know, I, 
I just wasn't a good partner back then. I, I, I was going through all this stuff, you know, I was kind of naive about things and I was naive to his trauma. Like he, he was just seems, he was just so normal, like did everything his parents said. Um, and he was also kind of like me, like he would never talk back to them or anything like that. Like did everything that they said. Um, just, yeah, it was just like a, he wasn't in college cause he didn't, he wasn't really sure what he wanted to do. So he had taken like, I think a year or two off. Um, and then when I turned 18 and we went back to, to college together and we got our degrees and all that, I'll get to more of that later. But, um, yeah, so during that time he had taken a break from school for a while. Um, you know, but like he'd come home, do his chores, blah, blah, blah. It got to a point where, you know, he, they, you know, they told me, you know, you're going out to eat too much. You need to cook at home. Both of our parents complained about cooking at home, um, whether it was being too messy or the setting the smoke detectors off or whatever. They'd complain about it. I don't know. His mom eventually started complaining that like my husband was neglecting his chores. But most of all, I remember his stepdad was just, as I mentioned, he was very like checked out of the whole thing. But this is when it kind of, he, it kind of came out and we were having, I think, I think we were having like a burger or something where it was like on a Saturday, I think we were eating together and his stepdad came out and yelled at him about something. And it was so awkward because he was talking like about us and about me to my husband without really acknowledging me. So it was really weird. But he basically said, he's like, if I was her father, I would kick your ass and just got, just was just mad about him, was yelling at him about something. And it was just really awkward, you know, because he was talking about our relationship, like as if I wasn't there. And this is when I immediately got the first impression that like, he's just not a good guy. Um, more to come on that later, but he was just, he never even really talked to me. His, his stepdad never did. But he would make this con these comments about us and our relationship at my husband. You know, if I was her, you know, her dad and I'd kick your ass and whatever and, you know, this and that. Not, you know, I mean, not very nice things about your, steps your stepson. And I think I learned later that, yeah, my, my husband said that they kind of just tolerated each other or my, or his stepdad was never really like, like great of a parent to him, even though like his parents had met when he, and I think when he was around 10 or married when he was 10 or something like that. But his stepdad has never really made the effort with him when he was younger or when he moved in with them, uh, when his dad passed away. But yeah, and there was another time, I forget. I think we were dating still, but there was a time where I think my husband was talking about his grandfather with joke about the fact that like he'd wait in the car while his grandmother was hiking and he'd kind of sleep with his mouth open. And so I guess people would look in the window and just to make sure he didn't expire. And so my husband was t talking about this in the car and I think we, we, we were giving his stepdad a ride or something like that. And his stepdad was like, Oh, well you shouldn't, you shouldn't joke about that. That's not funny. Like, and it was just, it was just very terse and curt. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, right. 
And so, yeah, his stepdad never really talked to me. Like, he would just make these comments. And I found out more recently that he was actually talking to my husband's aunt about our relationship. And I guess you'd have to endure a lot of um, complaints and a lot of him ranting about us dating and this and that and didn't have a lot of nice things to say about it. Um, but whatever. <laughs> um, so, all right. So fast forward. Um, this was during a time in my life where I said I was at another high school. Um, that was different from my friends and the friends that I had made at this high school were graduating. So, I was just so desperate um, because I'd been promised for several years that I'd be able to go back to the other high school where my other friends were. It finally happened, um, I but I remember being in tears about it. And I know my husband wanted to help me. Like, I remember my computer crashed and he literally, he bought me another one. Like, and, <laughs> and neither of us made much money, right? But he, he helped me buy another one. And, um, he was just so nice like that. And um, I remember when we became first became official, we went out to Cheesecake Factory, which I think was technically maybe, I think our first date, technically, where he made a comment. Because they have, you know, if you've been to Cheesecake Factory, they have this dim lighting. And he's like, oh, so romantic, kind of obnoxiously. And that was funny, because I'll never think of Cheesecake Factory uh, the same. Um, so that was like our first date and like we went out to like a lot of these chain restaurants like um, Chili's, Maggiano's, and it's funny like nowadays like we only go to like mom and pop shops or like you know hole in the wall t type restaurants. Funny how things have changed but yeah we used to eat out like breakfast, lunch, and dinner and I remember my dad was remodeling our house. And so we ended up having to move in to a one bedroom apartment, which came with its own set of issues. And um, so we moved into the one bedroom apartment and I was finally able to go back to the same high school with my friends. And this was like a blessing and a curse at the same time. Um, blessing, got to be with my friends, also a curse because I had to share a one-bedroom apartment with my dad and later his uh, now ex-wife that just suddenly moved in one night. And I didn't know that they were, they had secretly gotten married at one point at the courthouse. But um, there was one night where she secretly moved in. And oh, by the way, she's moving in. Oh. And so as a girl who was 16, 17, 17, um, our house was being re renovated. I did not have a room of my own. And later on, I wasn't until later that I realized how like inappropriate that was, especially when my dad would have his friends over, uh, his guy friends and like my uncle and stuff like that over, like playing poker and or parties or what, whatever. Like how inappropriate that was. I think even my uncle that I mentioned was kind of always been weird. Son was like, dude, like, she should really be in your room, you know? Like, she should be in your bedroom. Um, like, I should be sleeping in the bedroom, and maybe he should <laughs> be sleeping in the bed, in the, in the living room. But yeah, I, I didn't, I guess I didn't realize how inappropriate that was. I mean, he certainly didn't think it was inappropriate at the time. 
Again, I suspected that um, substances and substance abuse was involved at this time. And I, and to back up a little bit, I remember my, when my husband met my mom, the first thing he did was charm her with some flowers on Mother's Day because that was actually, we officially got together on May 7th of 2006. And uh, it was a couple days before Mother's Day. And it's funny, when we got married, we got married on Mother's Day weekend. But that's our together anniversary. Our um, together anniversary and our wedding anniversary is May 10th, 2008. And I tell my husband, like, you know, we should have just gotten married on the day we got together. But we wanted to get married on a weekend so our family could attend our wedding. Which ended up being a little bit of a cluster, which I'll get into later. So I'm like, you know, we should have just eloped and got married on the day we got together. But, um, yeah, so he, that was the first thing that my mom really remembered about him was he got her flowers and, uh, she just thought he was, uh, such a, a sweet guy and everyone thought he was, uh, you know, everyone in my family like really liked him and stuff with a couple exceptions. <laughs> um, and, uh, so yeah. So to kind of skip ahead a little bit, I, the way I handled, especially when my, my dad didn't want my husband and I to really spend as much time together, I, and I think with his family as well, uh, for different reasons, I was just having such an emotional time, especially with things going on at home. And as I said, it became very codependent and around this time, you know, neither of us knew how to be in a relationship. We were just kids, really, you know. We're in our 30s now, but we were really just kids, you know, um, at the time. And uh, we would uh, we would fight at work, and people would notice. And I had actually had to go work at... I had to go work at another store um, because... I, and I had signs of like manipulative behavior, like, hey, if you don't come, if you don't leave work, come check on me right now. I'm having this emotional time. I'm having this emotional breakdown. If you don't leave work right now, you must not love me. A lot of stuff like that. A lot of stuff was you don't love me if X, Y, and Z. And I realized now I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so manipulative. And that was because of my own trauma that was going on at the same time. I was emotionally mature, going through trauma, didn't know how to be a good partner all that stuff. So there was that. I was working in a different place, but we still managed to find time to see each other. And I remember one time buying my husband boxers for Valentine's Day and my my dad was like, that's not, that's not an appropriate Valentine's gift. I'm like, well, why not? Um, like, um, I, I mean, it's just boxers, you know, I don't see what, what's the big deal. But um, yeah, so I was, uh, in this one bedroom apartment with my dad and his now ex-wife who was only seven years older than me and that was <laughs> awkward because he'd be like oh you're a new mom and i'm like okay <laughs> and i remember one heated argument we had his ex-wife said oh well you know because she she came from a foreign country and the quality of living was very much different and she's like oh well but where i come from 
you know, my parents abused me or my life was like X, Y, and Z and this and that. Basically like my feelings weren't valid. Um, she was young at the time. I still know her now and she actually had validated a lot of my feelings and thought I was a very, she actually sent me a message and said she thought I was such a strong and amazing woman. Um, that had been through a lot and that meant a lot to me because you know we've all emotionally matured so she but she was basically only a year older than my husband at the time she he was 22 or he was 22 or 23 and he, she was 24 so she was 20 years younger than my dad so it was just it was very awkward and she was only like two years older than my brother. My brother had moved out at this point in time when we moved into this apartment. My brother went to live with my grandmother where he stayed until he moved out on his own. Oh, kind of for the best because <laughs> lots of uh, traumatic things had happened. But we lived in this one bedroom apartment. It wasn't best situation. I remember my husband would actually come and take me to school because it wasn't really exactly within great walking distance. So he would actually get up early, come over to where I live to take me to school and then sometimes go on to work and whatnot. So he would do that every day um, and then pick me up. Like I remember his family commenting on that like, it's crazy. Uh, I remember he drove me up to my mom's one time. Um, and they're like, oh my God. Like, I remember his grandparents kind of had a fit about that. Like, oh, you know, you don't need to be taking her. It's a long way. But they'd let him borrow their car because his, he literally spent $300 a month on gas because his 1976 Camaro only got like eight miles to the gallon. Eight miles to the gallon. And yeah, so they let him use his, like their Honda, their old Honda Civic trust to to go up to my mom since like my mom would chaperone us basically trusted us that like obviously we weren't doing anything being abstinent whatever and um so you know I, they got to know him and then as time kind of like moved forward with the trauma that was happening behind the scenes at home as a result of my, or not, well, as a result of my suspected um, substance abuse that I think was going on, um, I, in my, in my husband and his parents being upset about, you know, him missing chores, there was one night when he came to bring me lunch, um, technically lunch, it was like dinner. Uh, while I was working and he was supposed to be at home like watching a dog his parents dog who had had surgery old he was an old dog didn't make eh, not like, trying to excuse the situation but you know it was an old 13 year old dog who mostly slept all day and you know while he shouldn't have left you know the house probably because I think his parents were gone somewhere and he was gone for maybe like a half hour hour at most um, but I guess his parents came home when he was gone and got 
really upset. I'm like, oh my God, he could have ripped his stitches out because the dog had stomach surgery. He could have ripped his stitches out, this and that. Are you mentally ill? They literally told, or his mom literally told him that. Are you mentally ill? Like, how could you do this? You're supposed to be at home. And it's just like, he was gone for like 30 minutes to an hour. And the dog just laid around and slept. It's not like he was like just gone all day. I don't know. I think it was an overreaction. So that led to like a lot plethora of future issues as well. So basically, his mom pretty much packed up his things that night. Packed his things up, I think while he was gone. or Something like that. And told him that it basically kicked him out that night said he had to go and stay somewhere else he was being kicked out yeah so he had to go stay somewhere else i know my husband had a lot of resentment for many years over that um they literally kicked him out like that night because he left for a half hour hour and i felt terrible i look back on that i feel awful that that happened because he had done something for me and you know he probably should have been at home, but I also think that how that was handled wasn't right either. So he went to stay with his friend for a little while, I think a few days or a week or whatever. That didn't go over so well. Um, I think there was a couple of times where my husband said that like he had to, I guess, stay in the bathroom because his friend was having sex in the living room or something like that. <laughs> I don't know, it wasn't an ideal situation. And so he, he'd be like, hey dude, can you like stay in there so I can have some, have sex? So that didn't last too long and he eventually had to go I think stay with his grandparents for a while. He stayed with his grandparents I think until eventually he got his own place and this was about a month or two before I turned 18 and then I moved in uh, like literally the night of my 18th birthday. Um, yeah so he stayed his grandparents had a fairly strict curfew because they were very light sleepers you know, of course, understand they had to have the door open because, you know, I was underage, whatever. And I know my husband, had, he has a lot, he had a lot of unresolved issues as far as that, about his parents kicked him out, or his mom did. And later on, I learned that his mom was in an unhealthy relationship or marriage of her own. Not just because of this situation, but because of many other things that happened later on but basically she would try and paint his stepdad in a very positive light like she would say oh this was my idea rich was the one who said oh but he doesn't have anywhere to go you know and try to stick up for him and stuff like that it's kind of like what do you call it um like when a lot of times abused partners and women and relationships especially they will try and make excuses for their partner or try to make them look better. Like, oh, well, you know, but, but this and that, or, but, um, he didn't want such and such. Um, yeah, he was just not a very nice person. Again, I could sense that he never really made an effort to talk to me and much other things later happened. But, um, yeah, so he, we had both, we were both dealing with a lot of unfair things at home at this point. Um, he had been kicked out. I think I was in, I think I had like six months at this point before I turned 18. Yeah, so 
so my husband had a a, uh, a curfew, and I think at one point he decided he was going to look for another job so he can start looking for a place. I remember meeting some of his family members, his aunts and uncles that live in Oregon and Washington. And I remember since we weren't married at that point, um, they had separate financial discussions. So a lot of traumatic things had happened between these months and when I turned 18. I don't even know if I really want to go into detail um, because it's pretty traumatic. But I will just say that at one point the cops had been called and my husband had to leave work. And um, when the cops came, a lot, they were told a lot of lies. We had called the cops because abuse uh, was happening. And uh, so the cops had come and all they were concerned about was my sex life. Now my mom and my grandmother were on speakerphone. They had, I had the phone in my pocket. And I remember when the cops came, I put my phone in my pocket so they could hear everything that was said. They literally did not care. Santa Clara police, y'all. I will just say it flat out. Santa Clara police. They didn't care about the abuse I was in and endured. All they cared about was whether or not my husband, who was coming to pick me up, take me to my grandmother's, whether or not we were having sex. That's literally all they cared about. They didn't care about the situation at hand. They basically asked if we were having sex and yeah, like literally nothing to do with the situation. They were fed a lot of lies and nothing ultimately ended up happening. Now, as I mentioned in my last uh, episode, there was a CPS case open on me until I was 18. But once I became a teenager, like they really just didn't really do anything. I went and stayed for my gra- at my grandmother's for a few days. I eventually went back home and it got down to the point where I was counting down the days until I had, I could move out. And I, so my husband and I had, (laughs) we had this very codependent relationship going on and didn't know how to handle any of these things. And I was so We were so reliant on each other because of these traumas that were going on at home. Um, Him being kicked out, having residual feelings over that and over his dad passing away, not really having anybody. And then me with my own trauma happening at home. So the day finally came and it was the night after I graduated high school. I graduated the day before I turned 18. And so that night was the night after midnight that I text my dad and I'm like, I'm moving out. I'm 18, I'm moving out. And I had actually slowly been moving my things over to my husband's place. I don't even know how, I think I was on the lease too. And I, I think I think we both signed the lease even though I didn't move in until I was 18. I think, I think we did. And I'm like, man, how, how like did they, cause there's so many rules like to like when Kids are 17, 18 now, but I was like pretty much like I could have like honestly probably become a looked into becoming an uh, emancipated minor 
I really should have looked into it. So that's slowly been moving my things out. A lot of my stuff was at my grandmother's um, because of the house renovation, which is completed, I think, like a year later. So I ended up moving out uh, officially. And I was just like, yeah, so I'm not coming back because I'm 18 and I can live on my own. And that's how that started. And I think it was that same night or no, it was the next day. The day, like, a, like the day I, uh, my 18th birthday was when my husband proposed to me. Because, and this did not really come as a surprise because during the year that we had been dating, we talked about eventually someday wanting to get married, you know. I think we had both been through so much trauma that I think that was something that was important to us, to have a, have having that constant. Whether it was that was right or wrong, I don't know. I maybe we should have waited, you know. I, I don't know, but we were engaged for a year, so we were together for two years before we actually got married. But he proposed to me on my 18th birthday, and uh, we got married the following year. I think we had both started new jobs. When I had turned 18, I think I went to work at Starbucks. It was hard. It was rough financially. We didn't make a lot of money. We lived in an expensive area. It wasn't easy. Went to went out. We both started college and a community college. And while working, so we're going to college while working while planning a wedding. Which, in hindsight, the only thing I think what I would have done differently was maybe taking a year off in between graduating high school and college just because of everything that had happened all the trauma all of that but anyway we both went back to school together worked simultaneously things had become somewhat tenuous between his family a lot of his family and we had our relationship struggles that weren't healthy in codependency and we had major heated fights um where we would yell and neither of us really knew how to be in a relationship neither of us really had examples of healthy relationships um we were just learning together really and um you know uh ah uh, i just yeah i mean we had so many fights. We'd fight all the time. It was embarrassing how much we would fight um, and to the, to the degree that we did. And so all of this going on, college, struggles with family, fighting. I, I remember my husband didn't talk to his, um, his parents for a good several months, especially after he was kicked out. And uh, I think he had... One day, written an email to his mom and was like, well, we're getting married. <laughs> and I think actually she had actually come around around that time. Um, I'll back up a little bit. There was one day, it was uh, shortly after we moved in together, where he, again, despite being kicked out, they had asked him to come watch their dogs, their new dogs. Um, <laughs> they, Their other dog... Um, that had had surgery, had passed away a few months later. He had a lot of other health issues. 
And I remember them, his mom specifically calling him up crying because they had to put the dog to sleep. Now, my husband, understandably, wasn't upset because he he was so angry that his parents had kicked him out because of the dog. And the dog was fine. But they, regardless, called him mentally ill and kicked him out that night. Didn't care if he had anywhere to go or not. And so he just was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, because he just had so many feelings and unresolved trauma over that. Um, I remember for a short time we were... I had actually, I'll back up. I had started seeing a counselor around the time we were dating because we have developed a lot of unhealthy relationship patterns in the dating process rather quickly, becoming so dependent on one another. And it ultimately was decided that we each needed our own individual therapy, which was right, (laughs) based on what we were going through. And I remember his counselor... She, he said that he thought she, he, she was very terse and they probably weren't a good fit. Um, and there's this whole thing with counselors now that I, and, and I agree um, that you sort of should treat them like the dating process because like they're all different and you really should find one that vibes with you. Um, didn't think much about that then, but I guess it's a whole thing to like, try different counselors until you find one that you mesh with it's very important um but yeah long story short he had one that he did not exactly mesh with and she made a lot of assumptions about me uh when she hadn't met me before saying i was manipulative and all this stuff which i probably was but she did not really know me or the trauma or anything that i was going through um so i think he eventually found another counselor Um, And during this time is when I found out from my counselor that my family didn't have boundaries. I also saw another counselor while I was in high school um, about the trauma that was going on at home concurrently. Um, And my dad, (laughs) all of a sudden, just one day moving in his now ex-wife, not saying that they were married until later. Um, I, yeah, so I had multiple counselors, um... You know, and this is when, this was a turning point. This is when I realized that the abuse that was going on at home wasn't me, it wasn't my fault, and it was entirely the people that I was living with, or my family, that the unhealthy boundaries, that's where it started. That there wasn't anything wrong with me, and that I didn't, at the time, I didn't know what to make of it. Now I understand, like, I completely understand, like, yeah, she was right. But back then I was, you know, so much younger, like, less than half my age now. Um, Yeah, my husband and I were engaged. He uh, happened to go over to his parents' house. We had a big fight beforehand, and he was late. I made him late. I just, I feel stupid now. But we had a big fight, and he was late, and they got mad at him. But the, he still watched the dogs. Um, yeah, they had two new puppies. Or no, they had one new puppy at the, this point in time. They got another one later. Um, but they were mad about that for a while. And then he didn't talk to them for a while. He didn't talk to his mom. And then eventually told her we were getting married. And so she seemed to just come around pretty quickly. And then she, I guess she had experience um, facilitating weddings. So she offered to help with our wedding. Uh, They did help with some expenses. 
So more about that coming up in our next episode. But I want to thank you guys for following along, listening to my long stream of consciousness. I'm so thankful for all of your support. And I can't wait to dive into the first few years of our marriage and sharing that with you guys. So I will be back with you guys soon with another episode. Until then, bye.